That's the post-punk funk of a certain ratio. Formed in the late 1970s and veterans of the factory record scene, the trio is still going strong now. Their new album, 1982, is just released, and it's being acclaimed as their best since, well, the 80s. Here is percussionist Donald Johnson to tell us why it's called 1982 and why you should be dancing. The title's from Martin was, when we were constructing the, the track, we were, uh, we were kind of building the, the track up. Martin played drums, I was playing bass, and we got a little assemblance of the track together, and it was quite good. So we then <clears throat> went upstairs into the control room, and Martin started um, playing around with the, the coder. Me and Jez were just sat there just talking normally as he was, you know, doing his normal thing to go through it. And we were just running the track. And just as a test signal, literally as a test to check that it was okay, yep. he just went, 1982. Just flew over to him. Wow, that's amazing. That sounds great. Go do that again. Do that, do that. And he just stood, he just stood there. Then for the next like five minutes, going 1982. You know, getting the inflections within the vocoder right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's how it came about, and we just decided to leave it. I mean, we did struggle a little while, thinking that oh, people are going to think it's going to be nostalgic because we've got a history and going through there, there, there. there. Um, but I think people have got it. They understand right. that we're not trying to be retro-reflective. We're right. trying to move forward. And there's know? nothing wrong with acknowledging your, your legacy, as such as it is. So, so what the heck? So, well, we, we, we acknowledge it, but we don't wallow in it. Right. Yeah. And with that in mind, you've got a, a new gal on board who's doing quite a bit of the singing. Why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about her yes, as well? Yes. Um, we, uh, we hooked up with a, a brilliant singer called uh, Ellen Beth Abdi. Um, she brought the age limit down of the band considerably, <laughs> so um, <laughs> to came on on board. She's a, a very talented musician who plays, who sings, plays keyboards, plays flute, plays percussion. Um, she knows every single musician in in this town, right? You know, <laughs> everyone. She knows what's going on, everything, and she's just great to get on with. She's she's wonderful, kind of. Um, person to be around. She's very, she's very funny. Right. I, I, she, I um, her playing the flute on a thing called Tier Three. Yeah, yes, it'll be her for the flute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Tier three. Tier three was um, a club in New York that uh, ACR played in oh. back back in the day. Back in the and day. it's in yeah, back in right back in the day, probably 81, 80, 81, 82, early eighties. Right. Uh, the but one club read, and all read, that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you read the um, the Beasties book, they go to I think they go to see us there. They see us at the tier three. Right. So that's the link. Okay. And what, what memories do you have of that time? It must be must have been having a ball, right? Oh, it was fantastic. It was like, um, you know, someone 
I'd give you the key to the toy box and like off you go. It was wonderful seeing all this, um, just an explosion of everything, an explosion of talent, an explosion of art, an explosion, an explosion of people expressing themselves, right. you know, everything from, from poets to musicians. It was just, it was just wonderful. Right. Just a great, great, a great and lucky time for us because you, you know how these things work, you know, um, a while back, it was uh, Bowie in Berlin, wasn't it? Yep. You know, and, yep. and he was there with you know those different types, and then then it moves along somewhere else. It, it, it was Ireland a few years back, and then it was you know what I mean. So it's just luck at a draw where you are in, on the map at that time. Yep. Well, New York was pretty vibrant back in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, no wave scene was going on, and you you guys mentioned um, Jean Basquiat and and folks like yeah. that. So you must have been pretty into that stuff. So the, the opening track, Samo, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Sam, kind of touches yeah. on that. So, so, so why is that it? So the, the front of the record. The best was on his back. To the sucker punch of his childhood tracks. Five-five Freddy was holding the ball. Never can have too much fun. Bow like this with all the big money. Samo says, not tonight, honey. Sean Michelle and Andy was right. All you mothers were too uptight. Um It's at the front of the record because it sits well the way that we um kind of sequence things. You know, we 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 look to sequence um, Martin gave a great description recently um, about the whole way that we, we do what we do. We still regard the record as, as uh, side A and side B. Of course. So, so when we're putting it together, we work out what starts side A, what finishes side A, yep. what starts side B, what finishes side B. So basically, Samo started side A. Okay. <laughs> Very good. And, and uh, it's, it's followed by uh, a track with a rapper named Chunky. Yeah. Who's he? And what, how did you get, grab him to? Okay. Yo. Spirit dancing, I sniff a madness. Question and chaser, sink full of answers. Loved by a stranger, choked by the anger. Life at the station, waiting for patience. No one's reflecting, we're all reflections. Purse full of changes, then make some changes. Come land a spaceship, let's go escaping. Drugs make it easy, fly far away from. chucky has been around for a little while. Again, he's friends of um, Ellen, but he's friends of um, Martin's son, Daniel. Daniel Muscroft is friends of his. So right. he's kind of known in and around. Um, for, for quite a few years, we've talked about um, having the right kind of rap on doing something if we were going to do it. But it had to be the right kind. We didn't want it to... Um, to not kind of represent us and Chunky kind of did that perfectly because he still um, retains his Mancunian accent uh -huh. when um, when talking and putting things through. Not that an accent matters, but it, it did matter on this. We wanted, if you're going to do it for the first time, do it about your thing. Sure. Of course, yep. we can branch out and have other things after that, you know, people with all kinds of different accents. It would be great if we decide to go down that, that route. But yeah, it was again. It was bringing. It's our flavor of um, continuing to bring in young talent right. from, um, you know, just doing something completely different. No one expects ACR to do anything with a rap. 
right. in and around it. So that's you know, a good so reason yeah, right just, there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's like um, a good reason to kind of wake people up, you know, in the middle of doing something, you have this beautiful neo soul voice. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have this, you, you have this, this edgy kind of um, urban, um, beautiful uh, linguistic um, uh, array of words coming at you. Yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. can go back to so it's pretty obvious that you, the three of you are still very creative and very curious about what you're doing and pushing forward. What what do you think drives that between you? Um, curiosity and the 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 ability to um, embrace change. I think as we get as we're getting older, we're learning. I know what I've learned anyway. I've I've learned one thing that's really really important at this age and being in a band and trying to maintain a band, which is and it's an advice I'm going to give everyone everywhere because I've just learned it, which is learning how to get out of your own way. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and because everybody arrives playing instruments, doing things with their own paradigm. Yeah, you know what you're good at. You know what you're not too good at. You know what you're, you're clever at. You know. What you, so sometimes you need to push that barrier. I'm quite lucky in the fact that I've got, um, you know, guys that'll say to me, "I'll go downstairs, do a great take of drums, think it's absolutely the shizzle." <laughs> I walk upstairs, and Martin will go, ah, "I think you can do that better." <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? <laughs> said, nah, I think you could do this, this, da, 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 da. you know. Go, yeah, you can do that better than that. We'll keep that one, but let's try it, you know. And that's the whole, whole idea. But rather than me then argue about whether the take is right or wrong, I trust those ears behind the glass. Right. You know, I'll, I'll, of course I'll go, oh, da, 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 and then go, go, but I'll always go back down and go and try another one to see, to see what was what. And in the same time, um, the guys will stop me if, if I'm trying to do too much in the sense that, um, you know, trying to do another take, another take, another. It never really works like that. I only probably do one. I probably do right. three, three takes max if it was something that was really difficult. Right. But we usually get it. We usually, the first one's a run through. The second one's usually the take, you know, because we're trying to keep it fresh. But if, for instance, I was too busy or doing things yeah, that yeah. wasn't there, they're not scared of saying, leave that out or, or do whatever. And I don't get perturbed about the fact that it's not in there. Because I also know that I can put it back in live. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And they can't stop you. <laughs> so it's little things like that about learning not to get in your own way and, 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 and understanding each other. And that whole – people always ask us about how, why we've maintained being this long. And basically, I think regardless of all the – where if if there is petulance, if there is arguments, if there is fallouts, if there is all that, the one thing that we're all unified on is the music and making the music better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so every thought that comes along that 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 um, that makes that um, a better place to be in, we go with that regardless. And that's probably why we've been able to sustain um, this length of time together. Cool. Cool. Now, speaking of drummers, I see you have a track called Afro Dizzy, which uh, I think samples Tony Allen, at least, if, I, yeah. if I've read correctly. Um, yes, you have. <laughs> and, uh, and Ellen wrote the lyrics to it kind of spontaneously. So tell me yeah. how that, from your perspective, how did that track come together? Where did it start and where did it end? 
with um it was strange really because again one of those um simpatico things that happen um me and martin quite separately without speaking to each other were listening to tony allen different records different things completely yep um and we were just listening to tony allen and uh, i think somewhere along that lines we both started a conversation on on Tony Allen, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we found out that he, he'd done this um, this sample pack, yeah? So we were listening again through all of that, and we were we were like, um, you know, uh, a young child that, that, that's scared of going back and asking the parent, can I have another ice cream, you know, that yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. We really wanted to be able to um, to work with, with Tony, but we, we, we couldn't pull up the courage to kind of do, to do it. We didn't know how to approach, what, what to do. We just felt, you know, anyway, we obviously we missed that window, that opportunity because Tony passed away. Yeah. So our, um, so our thing then was to use um, his sample pack, uh, one of the samples from the pack that he created as, as him. Right. Again, um, as a drummer, it was kind of right up my street. Some drummers would have a problem because they're not playing on it. Right. You know, that was absolute bliss for me, right? <laughs> One of the top drummers in the world playing on our record, and I get to sit in the back, knock yourself out, guys, all day. And then, um, yeah, once we once we come up with the with the riff and the then the the music and the groove and all that kind of thing, um, that was I think that was the first thing we decided to work on with Alan, right? After we pulled it all all together, and. Um, I remember Ellen came to the studio. She bought loads of goodies. She introduced herself, and we just clicked kind of immediately. And that 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 track was done in that day. Nice, <laughs> you know, just literally on on meeting with each other. Very yeah, cool. and our relationship has gone on from there. Cool. Now, see, it's followed by "Holy Smoke," which kind of pays tribute yeah. to JB and Chaka Khan and Bootsy and Prince. Uh, yeah, that that it got a, it's a huge eclectic mix of of all um, those kind of uh, hard funk things that that go on go on in there. James will make it funky, Chaka makes it right. Prince will keep you dancing till the middle of the night. We're just getting started, so hold on tight. Everything about this is starting to feel right. That track came around as uh, just wanting something to be really, really kind of simple and powerful. You know, it's got a Bootsy vibe to it as well. Yeah. It's got, um, you know, it's Bootsy Prince. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. Chaka Khan, um, James Brown. Yeah. It's how do, you, how do you slam all that together, you know? Um, it's also... Um, it's got a bit of uh, a guy called Tom Brown. I don't know if you know Tom Brown, Funkin' for Jamaica. Do you know Do you know that track? No, I yeah? don't. No, you don't know it? Okay, well, <laughs> that, that's also a pretty, pretty good uh, kind of dance track. It's got a kind of vibe from there. So it was all, it was all that, but it's at the other end of that track, uh, the other side of it, the, the verse is that, but the, the other side of it is, is quite political and quite, um, and quite um, daggered towards 
um, lockdown and the way we had lockdown here. Right. Yes. Well, yeah. we watched it from here and <laughs> there was some head yeah. going on and some eye rolling. <laughs> so there was, um, when, when doing the lyrics, cause I did the lyrics to that one. I, I wanted to play with the lyrics, but also have the lyrics have some content that had some strength. So that's why it says, um, Sounds like something dirty, about to take flight. Again, two ratio, ratio tracks. The all night party goes on all night, all night. Again, it was that whole thing of the government being able to party right. while everybody else was, you know, um, told not to. People yeah, yeah, having yeah. their folks pass away and them not being able to see them and all this while these. So it, it was quite barbed as far as that's concerned, but kind of, kept in the same flavor. You know, it was almost the um, wrapping it in a bit of a velvet glove, but still having having the words have a sting to them right. when you're listening to them. But, but I also wanted it to sound like a party record that you could play in a, in a club, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, re and reference ACR because it's referencing those titles of ACR, gotcha. but then put them into modern day context, as, you know. It, it, so I think it worked quite well. Is there some saxophone in there as well? Oh God! Uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. 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 There's there's a it's it's a massive eclectic mix of all sorts of percussion and groove and just everything you know, and right. all hitting down on the one because right. that was James Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the one. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I had the pleasure of making a record with some of his uh, his band members, and Clyde Stubblefield was our was the drummer. Bootsy was playing wow. bass on it, and we had just put him in a wow. big room. Bobby Bird. And, yeah. All these people yeah. and just let them play for a day and made the record out of that. It was awesome. Oh yeah, that's, that's what you do. You don't get involved. You just close the door. And go, okay. Close the door. Press record and just leave them to to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I see you wrap up the album. You're talking about self-referencing uh, the ballad of ACR. My my personal favorite band. It was a band called Mata Hoople. Was notified. Oh yes, no Mata Hoople. Yeah. yeah, they had the battle of uh, the ballad of Mata Hoople on my favorite album of theirs. So tell me, okay. what what inspired you to write about yourselves? <laughs> we went to New York. Not much for talking. We flew to L.A. Just for the day But we always came back to here To stay And that was Jez again. Jez was being very... Uh, I've actually got a video of that somewhere, which I need to dig out. It was just Jez. Jez had this little um, small acoustic um, guitar that he was playing around with and he tuned it a certain way. Um, so he wasn't messing around with chords and everything. He was, he's, he's being really simple with it. And he just sat on this, um, he just kind of sat on this high chair and he was just noodling away to himself. And he was doing, you know, we went to New York. Da, da, da. You know, just, you could see it started kind of coming out. Now, again, about not getting in any, anybody's way, you let that just kind of happen. You know, it was just, it was just going, um, you know, went to New York, flew to LA just for a day, all, all that kind of thing. Um, and w when we kind of got that, we didn't have the title then as a ballad of ACR. Again, it was Jez that wanted to call it the ballad of, yeah. you know, um, because we've never set ACR in, in, um, we've done it on the front of an album as in ACR, MCR, but we've never done it on the inside. Gotcha. So it's pretty, it's pretty good that we've got something with the title on the, the, the inside. And then, so once that was all constructed and came together, 
um, the middle bit, which is kind of my favourite bit, and that that's one of my favourite songs on the album because it's uh, it doesn't have any drums uh, while Jez is singing and and all that kind of thing. It has absolutely nothing. I don't think it has a bass drum in it either. I think it's just all snare hat and you know the top kit like 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 um, the old jazzers used to play. You wouldn't hear hear a bass drum or anything back it back in those days. Yeah. Um, and then that whole middle bit, which is just that lovely um, laid back, smoky jazz groove mixed with a with a with a, a modern day pop song. You know. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think it works really well because you just don't hear those two genres linking together you won't you won't hear them on the same radio station you won't hear them played in the same room at any given time you know um so it, it was nice to do something that was completely different for us as well yeah now every time you mention jazz's name you remind me of a friend of mine who might be a friend of yours i'm not sure jazz coleman do you know him from killing joke yes that's coleman I, yes I, yes i just yes. got a notification yesterday that he's in town here in auckland and i'm gonna okay. give him a call so uh do you look at him as a contemporary and killing joke they're still together still doing their thing and they kind of erupted from yeah, the same time yeah. and place yeah yeah oh absolutely they're still you know they're still very much on it you know what i mean they're still um you know their their records and their um, live appearances and their things just as as tough as it always has been, which is great. Yeah, yeah. You know we we I, we played with Killing Joke a long time ago at the Lyceum Ballroom. Right. Yeah, long long time ago. It's on famous posters somewhere yeah. with the whole thing. I'm sure we met them a couple of times, but it was it's a few years back. But yeah, yeah, great contemporaries. Right, right. So the record's out for you tomorrow. What are you going to do? What's the plan? Um, well, tomorrow we've got a signing in Manchester. We've got a Q&A. Right. Um, we've got a Q&A, and then we're going to have a signing after that. We then travel to London and do the same thing again. And then we head back to Nottingham, uh, rough trading Nottingham, and do the same thing there. So the weekend, really, it's kind of a big launch weekend with with signings and uh, kind of meet and greets and, and uh, you know, just – talking about stories. But what's really brilliant is we've got three great moderators. Um, we've got a friend of ours called Chris Hawkins off, off the Radio 6 Music. He's um, he's a big kind of supporter of ACR, but he's, he's, he's well up on his music everywhere and, he, and he's well up on us. So he's going to be one of the moderators. We have um, uh, one of the guys from Mute, funny enough, um, Paul, who who kind of looks after us and looks after everything at me, he's being one of the moderators now. He knows where all the bodies are buried. Oh, cool. so. <laughs> <laughs> that should be that should be really good fun. That's the very last one, yep. and the one in between is is from um, another great supporter of ours, um, a guy called John Kennedy from um, Radio X. He's another kind of. Um, Great guy that plays all kinds of uh, eclectic music, knows knows music. You know, he's he's very on the, you know, on the cusp of, of everything as far as doing things there. So we've got three great moderators, which we're we're kind of um, it, it, the anticipation of, of them <laughs> talking to us and saying we know they know stuff. Yeah. So we, <laughs> there's no hiding on right, that. You one can't, at all. Yeah, you can't beat around the bush. Yeah. <laughs> no. And are your are there live shows in the works? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then after that, in April, um, when do we start? I think it's April twentieth. We start. We go. We start at the top of the country. Come down. You know, I think there's 
eight or nine, eight or nine shows. Right. That we're going to be doing. And then after that, we're going to have a little bit of a holiday. Then we come back. Um, again, typical ratio. We've got the next album record, rec- uh, ready, yep. uh, and demoed, ready, ready to go. That's been, that was signed off, I think, uh, the end of the beginning of channel, the end, end of channel. Anyway, we, there we, there's another 11 songs, cool. kind of brand new, brand new songs ready to go. We're going to be working with a producer, um, on that one, a, a guy called Dan Carey. Have you, do you know of Dan Carey? I recognize yeah. the name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dan's, Dan's done some awesome work in uh, in the UK and, and around. He's, he's well-known everywhere. He's a big fan of Ratio. We, we kind of like him. <laughs> it's the first time we're going to be going in to work with a producer since, gosh, um, since Force, I think. Right. Force was the last time we, uh, we, we worked with... Um, our friend Stuart James, yeah. Right. Um, so that was what eighty four, eighty six, somewhere around there. So last time's mid eighties. So we're looking forward to that. Yep. And then there's going to be festivals, kind of at the latter. Start, you know, they run as you know through the summer to the latter end. And then we're just going to kind of take it from there. We've, we're we're doing lots of other little plans for um, different places in the world, seeing if that kind of comes off. All yeah. depends where our album's doing where. And yeah, I, I would urge you to consider Down Under, because, uh, I mean, oh, New Zealand, Kiwi, me. Kiwis love that whole post-punk era. You know, that's kind of where the yeah. Flying Nun Dunedin sound yeah. erupted from, and it's kind of the basis of everything down here, and you're, you're definitely part of it. Well, we would, we would love to come to... Um, you know, your part of the world, you know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be, it'd be awesome to be able to go, um, go and play there. Cause we never have to. Right. The closest we've been to that hemisphere is Japan. Right. Oh, you got a long yeah. way to go yet. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might even yeah. suggest you go to Australia and do a few gigs if you yeah. want. <laughs> and then, yeah. Well, if we're over that way, believe me, we're doing the whole thing. Once we answer that, once we enter that sort of hemisphere, we'll be, um, yep. yes, we'll be working. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Thank you very much. And you, my friend. Thanks very much, Mark. Okay. Bye-bye.